been looking forward to today. It's uh, going to be a, a different type of service for us uh, this morning. Um, not the usual kind of preach as such, because um, we're going to do uh, something today that we, uh, well, haven't done before, um, which is really exciting. And I actually believe it's really an exciting day for us as a church family. I believe it's a significant day for us as a church family. I believe it's a, a new day because from next week, um, we become uh, one family in two locations. Um, as next Sunday, we launch King Centre West, uh, which is going to be based um, with its home in Terrington St. Clements. And this is just over two years uh, in the making. To just over two years ago, uh, God first started speaking uh, about this, and we just felt a call in our hearts uh, to do something on the west side of the river uh, and to plant a church. We felt God speaking to us about that would reach every village from the river to the river was what God said. And so from the river to the river <coughs> is a mandate to reach every village from the uh, Ouse, which is uh, at West Lynn, uh, to the Neen, which is at Sutton Bridge, and, and every village in between. And as I've said before, with the powers of Wikipedia, it estimates that's around 14,000 or so people. So that's a lot of people to go and win for Jesus. Amen. And so we're excited that we're about to uh, begin in an area that I've felt, uh, and I know others have witnessed that over the years, there's a sense of God's favor upon us. Um, I know that, you know, Bridget's been in the schools that side of the river for many years. We've been running uh, family events that side of the river for many years. And uh, God's favor uh, has been there. And so I'm expecting as we step out, great things are going to begin to happen. And I want to remind us of a few things around that this morning as we later on, we're going to pray for all those who are uh, going to become part of King Center West. Uh, we're going to pray for Trevor and Michelle as they become our location pastors there. But there's a verse uh, that's been at the heart of this that God gave us at the start of the journey uh, when we first heard him speaking. I just want to remind us of today. It's Isaiah 54, verse 2 to 3. It says, Enlarge your house, build an addition, spread out your home, and spare no expense. I wonder if you can pop that up for us. That would be great. Enlarge your house, build an addition, spread out your home, and spare no expense, for you will soon be bursting at the seams. The message says you're going to need lots of elbow room for your growing family. Can I hear an amen to that church? Your descendants will occupy other nations and resettle the ruined cities. And so I want to just say to us today that I believe that what we're stepping out to do isn't just a kind of a, oh, that's a good idea. Let's have a go. Uh, I believe we're responding to something that God is asking of us. And uh, I love this verse because it is promise laden. It is promise loaded. And uh, God says here in uh, my short paraphrase, if you'll do what you are asking, if you'll do what I'm asking you to do, then I promise you this, you will see people added to the family. That's the promise. And so whilst I know that, to be honest, change isn't always easy, I'm excited and I want to encourage every one of us to hold on to the promise of this as we step out into what God is asking us to do, because I believe that we're going to reach far more people for Jesus than we would have done if we all stayed under one roof. And really, friends, that's what we want to do. We want to see transformation. We want to bring hope to these communities. 
So I really believe it's God's will for us at this time. And uh, the best place, how many people know and agree with me this morning, the best place to be is in God's will. And so when you kind of, you know, I know there's times in our life when we're trying to figure out what that is and what that means and what that looks like. And there's other times when you just kind of know, God, this is what you're saying. And I just want to position myself right in the center of that. And so I'm really thrilled that we've got a bunch of people who are feeling God say this is their will, uh, his will for them to go and be part of this. And as I say, we're going to pray for them later on. And uh, so before I share a few things with us today, I'm just going to ask Trevor just to come and share a few thoughts with us. And then I'm going to flow in off the back of that. We're going to be praying for all those who are going. There's a number because um, it's still kind of holiday season, isn't it? All those without kids, it's like September. Everything's a bit quieter. We can get away now. And so we've got a number of folks away. So not everyone can be here who's going to be um, part of the West and uh, would have wanted to have been here. But uh, we're going to pray for all those who are uh, as a representation of all those who are going. So Praise God. Why don't we encourage Trevor as he just comes to share a few thoughts with us. So here we are, finally, our uh, last but first Sunday. <laughs> After all the hundreds of Sundays that have been, we've, we've made it. I'm going to boast a little bit about our God today. So everything I'm going to say is kind of, just bear that in mind, nothing I'm saying is anything that I've done uh, or Michelle's done. Um, far from it. It's all what God's done for us. So um, any time it sounds like I'm boasting a little bit, I'm boasting about myself. Okay, I'm boasting about what God has done for us and what he's going to be doing now. So uh, during the wake up, I was thinking a little bit about what to say. And um, I've got two, two things. One I'm going to say for the end. And hopefully you'll forget that I said that because it's rather embarrassing. Uh, uh, the other thing is um, I was just reminded a good few years ago before any talk of church plant um, was been happening. Uh, so it was good. It was pre-COVID. It must have been three, four years ago or something like that. Uh, me and Michelle just came up for prayer and Daryl spoke a word over us and... Um, he spoke about he saw us walking into a sunset. And um, I know I've, I've done a talk about sunrise and sunset and God in our morning and God in our evening. And today, I think, is, our, is the sunset. It's not a sunset in a sad or depressing way or anything like that. It's a sunset in the hope for what's coming tomorrow. And it's a sunset in the hope of what's coming tomorrow for me and Michelle and us as a family and even more importantly, us as one church family. Yes, we're going across the river. Our mandate will be to reach from the river to the river. And, uh, but, you know, it's more than that. We're one church family. And we keep saying it and it's, and it's true. And um, we're going to see God do incredible things on both sides of the river, aren't we? So um, a few other, like, I just want to like, touch on three little points, really. Uh, Michelle and my heart for what we're going to be doing. Um, so we're going to be, of course, operating under the one vision and value system of our church. I'm not going to go into the vision or anything like that today because I don't want to. Um, yeah, that's for Daryl to talk about. And it's going to be our... It's going to be our, uh, our topic over the next month. 
but what I want to say is that everything we do is going to fall under that vision for this one church family, even though we're on the other side of the river. Um, but we have three things that are very close to us, uh, three sort of like little mission points almost of what, of what we feel is our, our core values and what's been dear to us over the last, what, 18 months or so. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to set the scene, and I'm going to read a little bit from Exodus. Uh, and this has kind of been our mantra from the start. Um, Exodus 33, 14 to 15. The Lord replied, I will personally go with you, Moses, and I will give you rest. Everything will be fine for you. Then Moses said, if you don't personally go with us, don't make us leave this place. How will anyone know that you look favorably on me, on me and on your people, if you don't go with us? For your presence among us sets your people and me apart from all other people on the earth. And the Lord replied to Moses, I will indeed do what you have asked. I love that. It's really cool. For I look favorably on you and I know you by name. So I know it's a long few verses there, but the key to that is, and it's something that Michelle and I, and as a family, have been praying from the start is, if you don't personally go with us, God, then don't let us move from this place. So, when I say, you know, we're, we're going and we're doing this, we are doing it with God at the front. We're letting him lead us. Um, and through everything we've done, you know, you've heard us talk about moving house, kids moving schools and all of that. And it's all to do with that one verse. If you don't go with us, then don't, don't let us leave this place. So we've just felt God's presence and God leading us. And we want to carry that forward in everything that we do on the west side of the river. So um, our first point then is whatever we do, we want to do it for the glory of God. And uh, we're basing that on, as well, 1 Corinthians 10.31, where it says, whether you eat, sleep, whatever you do, do it for the glory of God. So basically, we're not trying to sound all high and mighty, oh, we're you know, doing this for the glory of God. No, we're just coming from a, a position of, God, you are leading us, and we just want to see your will unfold. And we're just, you know, we're being obedient, and that is our heart for the whole thing, just for God's glory. And, and for his kingdom. Um, we want to enable God's people to walk in their inheritance. That's a big statement, I know, and it's uh, something that we've, we've been un unpacking. And basically what, we, what we're saying by that is this church plant isn't something that we've fabricated. This church plant is something that God has destined and predestined and ordained from the beginning of time and before then. This has always been his plan. So... We are just being obedient to what he wants us to do. And all we want to do is be good stewards of it. And it's not us. It's, it's God. And it's the vision that he's given for us as a church family. And we just want to allow God to flow and the Holy Spirit to flow so that others and us as a family and new people who join will get to walk in the inheritance that God has for them. And we want to bless the land that we live in. Now, a couple of months ago, 
I finally managed to go to one of the Tuesday leaders things in uh, Lincoln. And uh, it's like the one I get to go to every year because of the way my, my school calendar falls. And um, it, yeah, it absolutely, I, I still can't stop talking about it at home. I think Michelle must be getting, I must be driving her crazy. But anyway, and you might, some of you will have heard me talk about this a little bit before. But basically this guy came in, he was talking about a church plant that he did in London. Um, yeah, London, all big and all of that, but it doesn't matter. There are still some truths and principles that we can take. And the thing that really spoke to me the most was he asked himself the question when he planted the church. He asked, if we were to close up shop today, will we be missed tomorrow? So he did a little bit of maths and a bit of research, and uh, thankfully he did it, so I don't have to. And uh, he worked out that 1% of the area that they lived in would attend church. So, and basically that means that the other 99% didn't go to church. So he concluded from his question, if we were to close up shop, will we be missed? And his answer will be no, we won't be missed. Because what are we doing for the 99% of people who are not going to church? So from the start of this, we felt on our hearts that we need to be living over in Terrington, right in the middle of where our mandate is going to be and where it is. And we just feel that we need to be there so that we can bless the land that we're living in. God is a God who takes you from one, one step at a time and doesn't necessarily show you everything, and it would be wonderful if he didn't. Oh, no, it would be wonderful if he did. My goodness. Um, so, uh, yeah, what exactly that looks like at the moment, we have some ideas, uh, which I'm going to be talking about over the next few weeks. So uh, you have to come over to the other side to hear about that. Um, but, yeah, we just want to be a blessing. We want to be a blessing to us as a family. Um, we want to be a blessing to those around us, the other local churches, you know, um, we got some outreach ideas on how we can just get the whole community involved and so that, you know, we would be missed if we had to leave, basically. I'm not going to talk for much longer. Um, I think you might have forgot that I said something else at the start, but I'm going to go with it anyway. And um, so basically, yeah, um, while I was preparing during the week, um, and I was just like asking God exactly what else he wants me to share. And he reminded me of, of the, the sunset word. And, um, and then this other little phrase hit me. And it's like so almost like cringy and embarrassing and almost too embarrassed to say it because it's like really cheesy. And it's like, yeah, that's not something I would have made up. So it must be something that God would have said. And uh, you're always hearing us talking about one, one family in two locations. And I think that this... Last little sentence perfectly sums that up. And basically, we're not leaving. We're just going to extend the family. Good stuff. It's, it suddenly occurred to me sometimes, so at some points along this journey, how like you say sort of certain little things, and you think, I have to be careful how I say that. So like... Like there's a little phrase in there, like if you want to find out, you'll have to come to the other side, you know. <laughs> and uh, it was like when we when we launched life groups, and Martin says, so we've got King Centre West, and we've got life groups. So I said, yes. Yeah. So he says, so we've got West life groups. I said, oh Martin, what are you doing to me? 
you know, so there's certain things like that that we're just going to kind of have to... I did even have someone suggest that the song for today could be Go West, but anyway, moving on. Um, <laughs> now it's in your head, stop it, don't go there. Yeah, well, the interesting thing was that the very next point I wanted to say, uh, so I'm going to jump on the cheesy bandwagon, was that uh, we have been keen to stress throughout, actually, this is an extension of the family and not a separation of it. And so, you know, I'm not going to go over some of the things that we've already done. We've handed out handouts in recent weeks that were explaining some of the ways we're going to retain that one family sense, some of the ways we're going to build upon it, regular one Sunday celebrations. I'm really excited already, folks, to let you know our first one's going to be Sunday, October the 9th. We're going to have Pastor Basil and Kathy D'Souza with us from India. Uh, for our first one Sunday celebration, which is going to be fantastic, and midweek gatherings, prayer, youth, fast forward night, 16 plus, etc., etc. But I wanted to just share with you for a, a little while um, about how we're going to carry a, a one vision. Uh, we're going to carry a, a one family vision, shared vision. Trevor touched on it. Uh, thankfully, he left me to speak about it. And so um, yeah, we've been on a little bit of a journey uh, as a leadership team, um, going through a process, we believe, with God of just him defining and redefining what our King Center family vision should look like, sitting with him uh, and together, sitting together, honing it down, wanting to get to something that was simple and memorable and uh, something that we can grab a hold of, something that if anyone were to say to anyone who's part of the King Center family, what is your church's vision? You could say, well, it's this. And so uh, I, we're really going to be putting this up in lights. It's, we're going to be talking about it over the next month. Uh, it's going to feature on, you know, on our, on our new website and things that Chris is uh, kindly developing for us. And so there's all number of things like that that we're going to do. But I want to just share with you today that our vision as the King Center family is to glorify God by reaching, relating, and releasing. This is our one family vision. Uh, reaching, relating, and releasing. You'll notice that in true uh, preacher style, we've got all the R's. Uh, you know, uh, couldn't possibly allow a different letter to feature at the beginning of one of those. But hopefully it's easily memorable. It's something you can grab a hold of. We'll be expanding upon this in, recent, in uh, upcoming weeks. But reaching, what do we mean by that? Well, we want to reach people for Jesus through the life-changing message of the gospel. And we want to, uh, and it means being a church that brings hope to the communities to which God has called us. And so we'll be talking about that and expanding on that. We've got some exciting stuff that's coming up uh, with church on the streets and things as well. And we'll be sharing about that with you guys in upcoming weeks. Uh, but uh, that is our mandate. We want to go and reach. And that's at the heart of what we're doing, to see the family grow. I'm also excited, friends, genuinely, that as we release people, that means that those of us who are staying here centrally, because we'll refer to this as our central venue, uh, that means that when we look around, we'll see a few more empty seats. And I pray that inspires us to see God fill them. Relating. Well, that means that we want to help people to grow in their faith as we seek to love God and one another well. We want to love God, number one, and we want to love one another well, too. And so you'll know that that's the, one of the greatest commandment there. We want to build community. We want to be building community and growing through discipleship uh, in relational size, gatherings and groups. And so we will have, uh, you know, two smaller churches. We've got life groups and things that are part of this as well. And releasing. I'm excited that because if you just continue to get more and more people under one roof and you gather more and more gift and more and more um, kind of uh, calling under one roof and you've got less and less opportunities to release that, 
um, you know, that part of what we're doing now is really beginning to think, you know, we want to develop and release people in gift and calling. And so I'm excited that we're going to have more avenues to be able to do that. And then there's this prophetic word over us as a church about us being a resource center. And so releasing is going to be involved in releasing resources as we seek to be a blessing. And that's just not finances. It is that. And there's been great level of investment. And I thank the church for backing us in that, the trustees and everything, just like whatever you need to make this happen. If it's what God's saying, do it. And that's awesome. And I want to thank you guys for faithfully sowing into that and tithing into that and, and being part of this journey that we're, we're going on. So bless you and thank you all for that. But it also means not just releasing things financially, but releasing people as well. And sometimes that can be some of the hardest things uh, to do, but it's the right thing to do. And so over the next three weeks in both locations, we're going to be talking about the three R's, which are... Reaching, relating, releasing. And so um, whatever we do, both sides of the river... That's going to be the heart. That's going to be at the heart of what we're doing. Some of the outworking, the events, the things it looks like may differ, but that will be at the heart of what we're doing. And so I just want to briefly, before we pray for everyone who goes, I want to remind everyone going to King Centre West of three important truths. Also want to remind everyone staying here centrally the same things that are true for you today too. Okay, I couldn't actually get all my alliteration on the go here, so I'm a little bit disappointed in myself. And right now, lots of brains are ticking, thinking, what word could he have used? So if you get one, bestow your wisdom upon me at the end, okay? Don't shout it out. We don't want preaching bingo. But just let me know at the end, okay? But here it is. I want you to turn to the person next to you, and I want you to say this to him today. You are appointed, anointed, and commissioned. So here we go. You're appointed... You're anointed and you're commissioned. I was so in the flow of it. I'm, I'm actually going to, when I talk about this, I'm actually going to go ACA, but I couldn't even bring myself to do that when I presented it because AAC was better. But you're appointed, anointed and, and commissioned, all right? So as you reach, relate and release, as we do that, you're appointed, you're anointed and you're commissioned. Over a period of time, and this is a very, very short preach, over a period of time, Jesus sought to bring his disciples into that understanding. The very first disciples that he gathered, um, you know, are the example of that. He brought them into the understanding. They're appointed, they're anointed, and they're commissioned. And the same is true for us today. Whether we go west of the river or whether we are staying here to wherever God has called us, you, if you love Jesus today, you're appointed, you're anointed, and you're commissioned. First, he appointed them. Mark 3, verse 13 to 15 says, Jesus went up on a mountainside and called to him those he wanted, and they came to him. He appointed 12, that they might be with him, and he might send them out to preach and to have authority to drive out demons. To be appointed simply really means to be put into an office. You know, uh, it means to be chosen or selected or separated unto a, a certain task. And sometimes when we start talking about appointed, you're appointed, and, uh, and we start thinking about God's will for our life. Even sometimes with that, what we can do is we can take that kind of language and either we begin to kind of overcomplicate it, or for some people it scares them a bit. I'm appointed, well, what am I appointed to? And it, it sounds quite, you know, wow, maybe even a little bit overwhelming. But actually, what we are first appointed to is so refreshingly simple. I love it. Because the first thing you're appointed to, friends, today is this, to be with Jesus. 
He appointed 12. Why? That they might be with him. Your greatest appointment is to spend time in his company. It's to get close to him and stay close to him and to be with him. And I love the fact that that's why he first appointed them. The outworking of the preaching and driving out demons is wonderful, but it's an addition and to do these things. You see, the effectiveness of your preaching and driving out demons, etc., will always flow out of the fact of whether you're spending time with Jesus anyway. One flows out from the other. But your primary call here, centrally, and your primary call as you go to the West in those communities is to get close to Jesus and stay close to Jesus. John 12, verse 26, Jesus said, Whoever serves me must follow me. Before we are appointed to serve, we're appointed to follow. Secondly there, we're appointed really simply to share Jesus with others and see people set free. But the effectiveness of part two flows out of part one. We need to remember not only we are appointed, but we need to remember that because we are commissioned. Jesus has placed a mandate. We've used that word a few times today. There's a mandate upon our lives as his disciples. We are in the West or we are centrally positioned for purpose. We are commissioned, the Bible tells us, to be salt and light in the community in which he puts us. And I've been thinking more about the salt thing for a little while because we kind of often think about salt in a particular way. And I just want to kind of maybe flip that a little bit for us. Maybe you've already been there before and you're ahead of me on that. No problem. But maybe for others, it will get you thinking a little differently about what it means to be salt in the West and central communities in which God is calling us to. But in Matthew 5, verse 13, Jesus says, you're the salt of the earth, but if salt has lost its taste, the New Living Translation says its flavor, how shall its saltiness be restored? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. And so often what we do, and we, you'd have no doubt heard preachers about this, and in, in principle, in many ways, it's, it's absolutely right, the points that are getting made, that, that salt has a preserving effect. And so we think about how in days and in these cultures, you would pack meat in salt to stop the decay, and you'd stop the rot, and I, and I get that. And there's a sense of the culture of the kingdom uh, that we carry having that impact upon the culture of society. You know, we do, without sounding too doom and gloom, we do see decay and things in society. And so there is the culture of the kingdom we carry, which can, can stop the rot, if you like. And I, un- I understand that preserving effect of the, of the kingdom that we carry within us. But actually, the context here is not there around that. The context here is around flavor. It's around flavor. You see, the point is really this. I want to remind you as you go to the West, and I want to remind you as you're here in the center, we are to add flavor wherever God plants us. And so actually, we are to be sprinkled through society to add flavor. The message says, let me tell you why you are here. Oh, what's my purpose? You're here to be salt seasoning that brings out the God flavors of this earth. You're there in the West and we're here centrally together as one family to be an expression of the kingdom of God that enhances and affects the communities to which God has called us to. And Matthew 28 verse 16 to 20 tells us that we are commissioned to make disciples. The great commission. There Jesus came to them, to the disciples and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations 
baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So you're appointed, you're commissioned, you're anointed. You see, if you're to fulfill and succeed on both sides of the river, in what we're appointed to and what we're commissioned to, we need to remember, friends, the anointing of the Holy Spirit is everything. Is everything. Because the Holy Spirit is the one who equips us, enables us, empowers us to do all that God is calling us to do. I know you've heard it said before, and I've said it many times before, but if Jesus, the Son of God, didn't begin ministry and couldn't do it without the empowering, the equipping, and the anointing of the Holy Spirit, how can we? John 20, verse 21 to 23, Jesus said, Peace be with you, as the Father has sent me, I am sending you in purpose. And with that, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. Acts 1 verse 8, you know it well. Having commissioned the disciples, Jesus said to them, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Not power for a good time, power for purpose. To fulfill all we're appointed to and commissioned to in Jesus' name. So, you are appointed Anointed, commissioned.